Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. You can make it better than yesterday. It's a new day. It's a new day. There's a way you can turn it around. Trust me, there's a way out. There's more time. Just don't give up. When the sun rises on a new day, you got another chance. Yeah, 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 If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, peace, peace. What's good? So we can't play chess no more, Bree. <laughs> what you mean? Okay, play chess. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, 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 well. They well. have said that trans women cannot participate <laughs> in mm-hmm. chess tournaments with. Mm-hmm. cisgender women because mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. a natural advantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the advantage? Mm-hmm. What is the advantage? Because chess, the last time I, ch- I checked, chess was a mental game. So now they're trying to say that people who are assigned male at birth have a mental advantage over people who are assigned female at birth. I'm confusion. That's Absolutely. what it is. <laughs> That's why there's two, that's why there's a women's chest in the first place. Cause that don't even make sense because it's chest. I know the people listening can't see my face, but I'm definitely giving open mouth emoji right now. <laughs> yeah. It is, you know, misogyny with a coat of transphobia on, a big fur transphobia coat on. <laughs> well, baby, that's that's mm-hmm. one of the messages I've been trying to get across for a long time that transphobia and homophobia, queer phobia themselves are all yes. rooted and based in misogyny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But genuinely, Diamond, do you do you know what what the real advantage is supposed to be, what what they're claiming the true advantage is? They believe that because you are assigned male at birth, that your mind is apt to be more strategic. Um, <laughs> your face, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly that, that is what exactly. it is. Baby, I, for all, exactly the, all the listeners, saying. LJ is still laughing at me because um, my face, your face. On open, open mouth <laughs> I've always felt innately that on average, people who are assigned male at birth 
tend to have a physical advantage, but I've also felt innately that people assigned female at birth tend to have a psychological advantage. I've always felt that that women are typically smarter than men. I feel <laughs> like it's bullshit. <laughs> I feel like everybody has different temperaments when it comes to personality, when it comes to behavior, when it comes to mental capacity. Um, there are intelligent men, there are intelligent women, there, um, you know, even in our own demographic, I know some dumbass trans people, and I know some very intelligent trans people. <laughs> I just, it's just, it, it really, it, it kind of is wild to me, because at least in the sporting, physical sport, there is a logical thing to uh, to consider when we're talking about the physicality of, um, you know, male body people and female body people. I think that there, there's a logical thing that you can kind of say, oh, okay, well, that this part is logical, even though, you know, when we talk about the science of sporting and, you know, and, and the fairness, it usually is not about fairness because if we were talking about fairness, then there will be a lot of more testing other than gender because there's a lot of in, mm -hmm. in, inequality within, if you take a sign female at birth out and just do like a sign male at birth in sports, there is some natural advantages that one male can have over another male. And it can be drastically different. So if we're gonna look at somebody like Castor Semenya and say, you need to take medicine to take your testosterone down okay you so you can be equal with the the the, uh, the other cisgender females that you are running with if we can say take this medicine then why why don't we say to these men who have these assigned male at birth who are who are sporting with assigned male at birth why we're not making them take medicine to equal out their testosterone to the other men, since we're talking about fairness. Since we're talking about fairness, just like you're doing it over, just like you're trying to do over here, because if you really care about fairness, then that's what you care about. But it's really not. It's racism over here and it's transphobia over here. That's why you're trying to make, you're not protecting women's sports. Because and misogyny. And misogyny. misogyny. It's all of those things that you're that you're trying to package against fairness, but there's a lot of natural unfair advantages. And we know y'all don't care about that shit because when we think about how y'all treat elite male athletes and how y'all put them on these machines and y'all put them and y'all put them through these tests to see why they have the advantage, to see what parts of their body works yeah. really really well y'all literally study these at these elite athletes body to know why they have an advantage that's why we are that's why we all know that uh, michael phelps produces 50 percent less lactic acid so he he fatigues even right. less than other assigned mm -hmm. male at birth you but you don't care about that advantage even though that is a natural occurring advantage that gives him a, a, a unfair edge up to the other um, assigned male at birth players, swimmers specifically, you don't care about that. You only care about it when it's rooted in transphobia, when it's rooted in misogyny, when it's rooted in racism. And yeah. so we see that. And so I understand basic, and I'm saying all of that to say, I understand the basics of the physicality, but it, I don't understand 
I, I can tell that it's not genuine when you try to make it seem like it's about fairness. And we know chess has been rooted in misogyny and keeping women out of that that game from from a class standpoint. I keep because people keep bringing up that um, there's been more male chess masters, but that don't have nothing to do with <laughs> with the, the, them being assigned female female at birth. Sometimes it's a class thing. Sometimes it's a um, I haven't been accessing. Yeah. I haven't been pushed in this direction because this has been a male dominated field. Yeah, so. a lot of us, a lot of us people of color, black people aren't pushed in that direction. I didn't find out that chess was even a professional game until the Queen's Gambit came on Netflix, because in in my culture, it's, it's not common. It's no. not common for us, us to even learn chess. And it's very necessary for black people, people of all colors to learn chess, because chess is truly a strategic game. And the principles of chess can be used in real life. To your point, too, Diamond, like. 19 <clears throat> title nine which allowed women assigned female at birth people to play sports at schools that that didn't happen until 1972 you know what i mean and then really uh you still have issues around you know having parity in terms of options for sports and a lot of schools that have a lot of money for sports so yeah so like, it's like like you said so when were when was there going to be that competitor well we didn't allow you really to compete until 1972, and we really still don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> you know, uh, depending on where you live. In my experience, on average, I've come across women who tend to be typically more intellectual, typically smarter, and men typically tend to be stronger and faster physically. And in my experience, right, just the people who, who I've met and I know personally, right, the way that I have learned how to navigate socially through employment, um, through a lot of the things that, through survival, essentially, um, I've learned from women. I've learned from people assigned female at birth. I've learned from people who identify as women. Um, so I wonder, and and this is me playing devil's advocate. I'm just curious if there is a true possibility, if if there's scientific knowledge that we're not aware of that suggests that people assigned female at birth have. And an intellectual advantage. I wonder if that's the true meaning in keeping the divide in chest so that we're not able to see that manifest. I was just gonna say too, just in the context of black women being smarter or assigned female to birth people being smarter or more strategic. Um, for me, that's where it, I it, for me it comes up around um uh the experience in this part of the diaspora of folks who are enslaved right and just like how this shit was set up afterwards and uh uh black women having to assign female at birth black people having to figure it out um because we were the people being raped we were the people also having to be the breadwinner <laughs> and raise white people kids and work and do all this shit um and are still expected to be the people to hold down our communities and our families regardless if we're trans or not <laughs> so and to be responsible we, you know what i mean and to have to take care of shit and sacrifice juggle it all and figure it all out and, da -da 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 -da. and you put yourself last i think that contributes to that to that to that to why it might seem that way I'm not saying it's not i'm just saying but i think that's a part of it in this culture no, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. And that's true. Me being somebody who's, you know, thin presenting, I, I still have taken on that role and that's issues I got to work out. But I'm curious. I'm curious. Do you think that it is 
natural selection? You know, do do you think that is is nature that women and people are bring these questions? What do you mean? What do you mean? What are you saying? Do you think that is is natural (laughs) that um and, and don't get me wrong, I hear what you're saying that black women black people assigned female at birth tend to take on too much tend to portray that image of being you know i'm taught to are taught to are taught to are taught to yeah are taught to by family church society community tv right outside outside of that outside outside of outside of that because i i think that's that's an overall black thing we're we're all taught to to portray this unbreakable image you know don't don't never let them see us sweat don't never let them cry right um but my question is people who are assigned female at birth i think have naturally gravitated to be more of the brains of our community and people who are assigned male at birth have tend to been more of the muscle us trans people well we, we, we tend to take both roles on on average honestly but brie you know i'm i'm a so i'm a student of history black women's history black black american studies blah 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 blah. that's my that's my jam and uh for a long time even before college right like that was my jam and so like a lot of it is like that conditioning but also a bit a part of that is like when we get out of enslavement, shit's cool for a second, and then we get to post-reconstruction, the Nadir period, and they just snatching up black men and killing them. You know, uh, the zip code, there's a film about it, and some people feel weird about the film, but 53206 zip code, that's the zip code, where, that's the most incarcerated zip code in America. That's part of my where I come from. 60-something percent of the black men in that zip code are incarcerated. They're gone. They're missing. They're not there. It's normal. Father, son, incarcerated. Cousin, daddy, everybody. And so who is left in the community mm. to like hold shit down? Mm. Right? Period. Period. And then mm. folks come out of prison fucked up. <laughs> and you gotta hold them down and all this other shit. Like that's crazy. Sixty over sixty percent of the black men or the black people assigned male at birth in that zip code alone are gone. I'm I'm hearing from you that it's a very strong possibility that innately we we all have the potential to to have it all, but it's just that possibly black men's intellect has been stifled. I do believe <laughs> that <laughs> white people have been working for a long time, the 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 powers that be the people at the top that convince poor white people and quote unquote middle class white people to do shit not in their best interest to keep them making money and the shit on us. Yeah, it's a constant attack, it's genocide. And it has not stopped, it's a constant, it's a constant, it's a constant. That's why they dumbed down the schools the last 20 some years, no child left behind. That's why they are not teaching regular ass math. That's why we have an increasingly growing underclass of black people that is continuing to grow. And it's scary because they wanna just lock folks up. Like, yeah, it's intentional. It's very intentional, school to prison pipeline. And they targeting mostly black assigned male at birth children. Yeah, it's very, 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 very intentional. Absolutely, I, <laughs> absolutely. I, but then, uh, but then we get into the. I think that that's real, but I also feel like that that that. Uh, I think what we learn from Kimberly Crenshaw, what we learn from um, just anybody who has 
brought up the theory of intersectionality and calling it different things. Because Monique, Monique Morris has a book called Pushed Out that specifically talks about um, black girls being kicked out of school too, but 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 that's being oh, yeah. under underreported because they are black girls, and so right. it, it, we, it's, it starts to be this slippery slope. So let me say yeah, this. No, let, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, yeah. No, I wasn't trying to suggest that black assigned female at birth children aren't dealing with shit. You already know that because that erasure continues for black trans men and trans basketball people. It's wait, wait, wait. I'm glad you said that because I want to, yeah. to close this out. I want to talk about yeah. this part of of the chess thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transgender men who won <laughs> transgender men who won in women's chess categories before they transition, they will be stripped of their title. Are wow. you wait. Back? Wait, wait, wait. I'm not nah. done. I'm not done. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. Transgender men who won as women in before transition will be stripped of their title. Meanwhile, transgender women can keep any title they earn before they transition. Baby, this is just legalizing transphobia. <laughs> that's that's our legalizing transphobia. Stop playing in our face. I can't. I'm not. Right. So they keep, they keep, they, we, they listen, they're going to lean in very hard and firm at this intersection of transphobia, <laughs> misogyny, patriarchy. Yes. That's a hard Again, lead you know, right there. You, you, oh, that's weird. That's weird. So, but this is why we don't have time to be talking about y'all motherfucking issues, baby. They is trying to, they trying to kill us from both ends. They trying to kill us because of our skin, because of our identity. We can't, I can't, I can't talk. Mm. So, <laughs> Tell us what y'all think. <laughs> Hashtag Marsha's Play. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Jay sent me this conversation and I watched mm -hmm. it between Big Frida and Slim Thug. Slim Thug is a self-proclaimed gangster rapper. And, you know, he comes from a generation. He's, you know, he comes from that kind of early 2000s, um, 90s rap situation. And he... You know, he's that kind of gangster rap, that kind of old school, this is a not in vogue type of rap. 
This is that old school situation where there is a particular toxic masculinity. There's a particular homophobia that is rooted in. There is, um, you know, he comes from a generation of rappers that is like this. Um, and Big Frida, ironically, she comes from this era um, um, in New Orleans rap culture. <laughs> New Orleans rap mm -hmm. culture has always had, um, um, you know, people like Big Frida, Katie Red, history um, of us in, ingrained in their culture and ingrained in the rap culture, particularly in bounce music and, you know, and so there is a history to that. But Big Frida comes from also, a, this is a very particular generation of entertainers from a particular region. And Big Frida is somebody who would I, I would say is transgender. They're under the queer umbrella. They're under the trans umbrella in the sense of maybe not being a transsexual, but being a transgender person. And so they, you know. Quick question, um, quick question, quick question, yes. quick question. Yes. Transsexual also means trans woman? It can. It can. It yeah, usually, usually it does. Usually, transsexual. Don't ask. Usually, you know, some people don't from use a, it. From a you know. from a FDA standpoint, transsexual, trans woman usually insinuates binary trans. Yeah, usually. Yeah, so you know, transsexual is something that is a word that's becoming um, antiquated in our culture. Um, I personally, I come, I'm, I'm a, I come from the '90s. I'm a, one of those old school girls, so transsexual I identify with that is a word that I don't mind using towards me um I have learned to not use it towards other people but towards myself I am okay with that and I will continue probably for the rest of my life being okay with um using the language of transsexual um so I wanted to give that context of who this conversation is between it is between a transgender person who has a nuance about their personality and non -binary. Uh, we can we can say non-binary i think yes and, i think yeah. i think that's a new language that we are that we're incorporating into they the, would fall under the, that category this, this yes this um this discourse this cultural discourse that we're having now um and so let's listen to their conversation and we will discuss it i'm her brother Okay. You know, and when she want to call me her sister, yeah. I'm her sister. <laughs> the brister. Yeah. So right. it, 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 it really don't matter to me because I cool. know who I am. Really on the cool is just lack of knowledge. We right. don't know where to offend people or not. Yeah. You know, with a lot of stuff, when you go hood, dude, yeah. just, you know what I'm saying? Since we here, I have a question. Okay. I'm going to keep it 100. I never been able to kick it with nobody like you. So I need to know the proper, you know, pronouns and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm your brister, so yeah. I'm gender fluid. I don't have a pronoun. Okay. All of that's new age for me too. Okay. With with the pronoun stuff. Mm -hmm. So like with my homies in New Orleans who I kick it with, who I grew up with, the hood boys, I'm their bro. Oh, uh, okay. To my girls, I'm yeah. their sister. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? All right. To my kids, straight and gay, yeah. I'm their mom. Yeah. My sister, my blood sister, I'm her brother. Okay. You know, and when she want to call me her sister, I'm yeah. her sister. <laughs> the brister. Yeah. So, right. it, 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 it really don't matter to me because cool. I know who I am. Really on the cool is just lack of 
knowledge. We right. don't know where to offend people or not. Yeah. You know, with a lot of stuff, when you go hood, dude, yeah. just, you know what I'm saying? Our natural instincts, they sometimes be the wrong wording. Exactly. You know, and they can offend people, but when you don't know, you don't know. Being a gangster rapper, you don't really be around a lot of gay people or anything like that. So being in this house is definitely a different experience. So this gives me a chance to step out of my box and, you know, meet new people. When you know how to respect people as a human being, right. you ain't got to worry about none of that. Facts. You know, and when you, when you secure with yourself, you ain't got to worry about nothing either. Facts. You know? I feel that. It's definitely cool to meet different people from different walks of life. And a conversation, hearing their perspective on everything is, is, is dope. It's teaching me how to interact with people. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, Damn, I'm glad you said that, because you have an understanding, you know what I'm saying? That's what of, I need. Of the yeah. situation right. and, and how to just be able to adjust to different situations. Exactly, exactly. So, I want y'all to tell me y'all initial thoughts on that conversation. First off, I want to give a shout out to my generation, honey. You said that these two rappers are from a particular generation. Yes, honey, my generation, for all who don't know, baby, I am a professional songwriter and have been for years. Um, yeah, shout out to Big Frida, the big dick eater. Honey, shout out to Slim Thug. Honey, I don't take them out to eat. I ain't here to trick or treat, honey. I love Slim Thug. Oh, my God. Like, I'm not even into... I'm one of them girls that's not into hyper-femininity. I'm not into hyper-masculinity. But Slim Thug is one of the few rappers from that generation that always, like, twirl my kidneys. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> I you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm fetishizing black men. Yes, honey. Um, I wanted him to beat up the chitlins, the baby. Yes. Always, <laughs> always had a thing for, for Slim Thug. But honestly, me being demisexual... Um, and being somebody who is involved behind the scenes in music, I've always appreciated Slim Thug because of this side of him, um, outside of the physical, outside of his hyper-masculine demeanor. Um, a lot of that is for show. A lot of that is for entertainment value. This, this is a testament to the guy that I've gotten to know. Through his music and through the bit of his personality, I've been able to see, including on instances like this with him and Big Freedom. Um, I'm glad that he was even open to have this conversation. There's been plenty of opportunities for these conversations amongst Black men in hip-hop on reality TV, and these conversations had not been had. Um, but I think it's very necessary for us to point out and for us to make it very clear that Big Frida is non-binary trans femme. Honey, Big Frida does not identify as a transsexual. Big, Big Frida does not identify as a trans woman. Big Frida is, does not identify as male to female. Big Frida is somebody who doesn't adhere to gender norms. She does his own thing whenever they want to do their own thing, however they want to do their own thing in regards to gender, gender identity, and social norms. It's very necessary for you to learn about trans people. If you have any interest in trans people at all, if you support trans people at all, if you care about humanity at all, it's very necessary to learn trans 101, trans 101. Big Frida is not like I or Diamond. She does not identify as a trans woman. Um, very much in the fluid spectrum, very much in the queer spectrum. Don't take Big, Big Frida's words as a representation for trans women. But I love the conversation and I love everything Big Frida said. And 
Big Frida, I feel, is a champion for gender equality overall, for cis people, for trans people, for binary and non-binary people all, all together. Humans. Jay, you seem to have enjoyed this conversation. Did you? What's your thought? I, I enjoyed it because it was a conversation that happened in the governance structure within like our culture. That's what I appreciated about the conversation. It wasn't, you know, you know, I, as as a professional gay or somebody who's been a professional gay, right? You know, you know what I mean. Like the con the way I have those conversations at work are different than the way that I have some of those conversations with people in the community, um, and. I've learned, you know, especially as a younger person in my early 20s, trying to have that conversation that I have at the workshop, <laughs> not in the workshop, don't work, don't really work all the time, right? Because that's a very controlled environment and other people are there intentionally and all that other kind of stuff, right? Like that's a very intentional space, but also it's a space that usually is gonna lean on the social structure, the white dominant culture way of talking about LGBT issues, right? And use their language and their format. Um, I, I use this example of like coming to Madison, I went to the LGBT center, they had a HRC pamphlet about coming out. And it was like, I was like, this shit ain't applicable. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like this is a very like some of the, you know like some of the shit just wasn't applicable, right? And like you know A plus B for you might equal this, and we talked about this in some of the different um uh uh uh, uh research and stuff we talked about on the show. Where it's like for black people, I might not get this trans thing, but I think you should eat and have a job. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So it's like we talk. This is a different the governance structure of our community. Yeah, there's overlap with the social structure, but it, it is a different universe. Like the, the, it doesn't, the equations are different um, over here. Um, and so I, that's what I appreciated about that conversation is that it was, it was, um, it was real. And it, and it was within our government structure and it seemed to be an understanding, uh, even though I think clearly there needs to be more conversation. <laughs> like, like, like you said, this ain't trans, this ain't, this is not what Big Frida does, right? So, like, that's just, but that's a, but that's a, it was an honest conversation. And I think it's okay for folks to have honest conversations uh, in the community. Um, so, I, when, when Jay presented it, to, presented it to me, I said, I feel like, you know, this conversation is wonderful to have. But I'm I'm from a different generation, so I didn't enjoy the conversation. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the conversation. I did not feel it was. Uh, I feel it was real on a sense of okay, these two people having this conversation. But I feel like the foundation of some of the stuff they were saying was bullshit. And so let me kind of go into that a little bit. So um, and like. Bree said, and like Jay just said, um, some things are just not applicable. And, and sometimes for me, the problem isn't really, um, there's a different problem that we're not addressing in some of these types of conversations. So let's, let, let's, let's start, let me start here. When he starts the conversation off, one of the things that he says is, you know, some of us, um, you know, don't know that we are offending on a on the surface level that sounds true absolutely 
we, we, there is a, some, some ignorant person who doesn't know any better, who has no agenda. I just don't know. I'm not trying to offend it. That, there, that, I think that actually exists, but it usually does not exist in these men like this. Men who are intentionally toxic, they are intentionally not trying to understand you. They know when they are offending you. They are intentionally not using your pronouns. They are intentionally being misogynistic, transphobic, homophobic, because it is a part of their act. It is a part of how they present in the world. It is a part, it is a part to how they solidify their own masculinity to the world to be homophobic to be transphobic they intentionally are offensive so this when they come to us and have these conversations because usually when we are in a space with them one-on-one -on -one, they act like they got some fucking sense and they say stuff like oh I don't be trying to offend, I just don't know. But when I'm walking down the street and you with your homeboys, you calling me fag sissies, punks, and look at this motherfucking man in a dress. You, that is, you're trying to be offensive. That's the problem. That's when those situations is the problem. I never have a one a problem in a one-on-one -on -one respectful conversation with one of these gangster hood ass niggas. I never have those kind of problems. So the idea, that, oh, I just don't want to offend anybody. I just don't know. Nigga, you fucking know. So the, so the foundation of this conversation is fucking bullshit because you do know. But it's beautiful to see you have the conversation. So I want to start there. Then I want to go to my problem with people like Frida, my problem with non-binary people and gender fluid people. I totally understand in regards to when we when we talk about um you know this kind of nuance everybody is not on the binary but as a binary girl sometimes conversations with non-binary people or um gender fluid people can be can be cisgender people's way to you're a more palatable trans person so we accept you and and talk to you because you know you oh you know what you really are uh cisgender person who thinks that us who have gone quote unquote too far with our gender identity because we're assigned male at birth and going all the way over here to womanhood and they don't want to accept it you are gonna be, you're gonna seem like the one that's keeping it real that know how to stay in your place and i see this all the time people and it's not your fault but you have y'all have to clock that this is what's happening. It does a disservice to other trans peoples, particularly people who are on the binary, because at the epicenter of this conversation is trans people. And now people watching this will say, see, this is the type of trans person I like, and they let me call them a he, because they accept he, and I think that that's what they should accept. They're gonna look at this and say, it is okay for me to call you a he because you know you're a he. Even though somebody else may call you a she, I don't have to because you like to keep it real. You keep it real. You give me the option to call you a he or a she. And that and even if even if I don't understand this, and so if I don't accept you as a she, I can still call you a he. And this is not people like 
Alok Mignon, who clearly buck up against that system. I'm talking about these people who French ride, who say, oh, I could be the brother. I don't care. I, I know who I am. If you're saying, oh, I accept everything. Don't worry about calling me my pronouns. Just call me whatever you want to call me because I know who I am. The implication is that I don't know who I am. The implication is that we who want to be affirmed as the opposite of what society says is that we don't know who we are. But you, because, who it doesn't matter to me what you call me. You are the one who knows who you are. You are the one that's keeping it real. You are the one that is making it easy for them. Y'all, to me, are more palatable, palatable to them a lot of times. She said, "New this is new age to me too, in the conversation with Slim Thugs. This is new age to me too. That's placating to these motherfuckers because you know better to know this ain't no fucking new age shit. Trans people want to be called their fucking pronouns. And it's not new. It's been something that we have been wanting for a very, very long time. I have been wanting to be called a she since the beginning of my transition. Trans people want to be affirmed in whatever pronoun they are. Since the 90s, since the 60s, since the whatever. They want to be respected and affirmed as their gender. This is not new age. So, so agreeing with them, agreeing with these cis people and making it seem like this is new age for me too. I'm learning too. It's placating to cisgender people. That is what you're doing, but it's not new. And you know, it's not fucking new. Trans people who are on the binary want to be called the gender that is affirming to them. Now you being a non-binary person who don't care, who, who don't care if you want to be called she and he and bro and brista and sister, you don't care. So it doesn't fucking matter to you. It doesn't matter to you because you don't fucking care because you non-binary and you okay with these motherfuckers calling you something else, calling you whatever they want to call you. But as a binary person, I fucking care. And we've been caring. So you coming in this space, and speaking for all of us, now I'm, I don't. I know she intentionally is not speaking for all of us, but there is a selection of these type of people that goes viral that they choose to put in these spaces, to choose to put them in these conversations. But as a as a binary person who doesn't always necessarily get that particular shine, or who is seen as the crazy trannies, the one who really want to be forcing themselves in space, we are the one that's having the problem because we are trying to do what they don't want to accept. You, uh, a slim thugs, can look at you and say, oh, I can call him a bro. Let me give you a perfect example. Say that we have somebody like Frida, who is assigned male at birth. They, they have a bio and it says, I accept all pronouns. You know, everybody has their pronouns in their bio. They won't even attempt to call them they. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about because I see conscious, non-binary people doing things to buck up against what I'm talking about because they know that you need to learn this cisgender person because you need this kind of learning. I see non-binary people do this all the time. I intentionally in cisgender, cishet spaces, make people call me they. You need to call me they to push back. And I think that's beautiful. It is us, the binary people who say, no, you're not going to fucking call me no man. 
You're not gonna call me no him. You're not. I'm not gonna tell you. <coughs> I'm not gonna placate to that. And so people like this who have this conversation want to pretend and placate to the cis people to make it seem like it's new age. I think that that is fraudulent, and I don't like. It. So to all the cis people in the back of the bus who trying to you know sit in the front of the bus, you gonna make it to the front of the bus one day, and you gonna start off by taking my advice to understand what diamond was saying we're going to start off by saying that big frida and t.s madison you see how they not the same you see how t.s mm -hmm. madison and big frida ain't the same for the people in the back of the bus that's all diamond was saying and i agree with her ten thousand mm -hmm. i thought when she said the thing when she said about pronouns i thought she was well let me stop let me back on up the, all of this stuff is edited and produced. So we don't know where that conversation started. We don't know what was it. You know what I mean? Just want to put that out there. Like, it's, 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 it's edited, it's edited and, and produced. So, you know, so we don't even know. It's interesting because, you know, with reality shows, afterwards, people be like, I didn't even say that. That's what the fuck. You took this shit out of context or you just put this clip where you didn't show the whole conversation. Anyway, I agree. Um, but I honestly thought she was, when she said the stuff about pronouns, I thought she was specifically referring to they, them. That's how I received it. I didn't receive it as um, when she said this new, this is new to me, this new age for me. The way I received that was around being non-binary and using they them pronouns and how that's a big part of the conversation. That's what I that's what I took from that. I didn't even read that as she was saying like all trend like binary trend. You know what I mean? I don't know. But also, like, yeah. Why I why I'm thinking of it as a whole and not specifically to that is because this is a gangster rapper. This is a typical hood nigga who is not gonna know the nuances of everybody in our conversation, in everybody in our community. And so somebody watching this is going to look at it. Like I, I, I'm looking at it right now. In the comments, there are people saying, see, this is why I like Big Frida. She keeps it real. She know where she's supposed to be or he, whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? There literally is always a response yeah. that says that, oh, they keep that like um, I, Diamond Styles, the binary trans woman is not keeping it real. When I say I'm a woman, mm -hmm. I'm a she, I'm a her, I'm not keeping it real. But a bitch who will say, oh, I call me whatever. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. I know who I am. You can call me he, you can call me she, you can call me brother, you can call me sister. To the cis person who wants to be transphobic, they're going to be right. the keeping it real motherfucker. I don't like that. And it pisses me off. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be conscious of when they are playing in our face. And I understand mm -hmm. that this is your experience, but there's a reason mm -hmm. when you put that out there, not saying that you don't, you can't be, tell your speak your truth. I mean, also it was produced and edited too. So it's like, who? No, I've heard her say oh. this. 
not oh, me okay. producing and editor. This is our okay, normal okay, spiel. Okay. This, our norm, okay. this is their you. normal spiel. Thank and you for so, that clarification. Yeah, this is their normal spiel. So yeah, and that's, that, that's the producer and edited part of it. The fact that they knew that Big Frida was going to say that. They knew that Slim Thug was going to say that based on their public personas and opinions that they right. spoke about before. And that's the, oh, the yeah. production part of it. Like, like this was all planned out. They, they knew it was going to be said. And I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I, there's a part of me that enjoys that it's a springboard of a conversation. So I get mm-hmm. it. I don't. I don't devalue it in it in its power. I think that's mm-hmm. powerful. But I also feel like you know, it, there needs to be a pushback from binary people that says, "Hey, th- this is cute. You right. gonna go there?" And I'm not crazy. And I'm not fake. I'm keeping it real too. Right. When I say I'm a she. I, this is who I am. I'm not yeah. crazy, and I'm keeping it real too. To your point, uh, please use my pronouns. <laughs> Regardless of what Big Frida said, keep that okay. real. <laughs> yeah. Yes, honey, yeah. that is that is that is Do what you got to do for Frida. Respect people. Yeah, she cool with that. That's her. So I mean, Diamond is she, and Bree is she too, and here we are. So. Boom. That is that is what the T and we keep it real Period. with right. ex, with telling you to do that fucking shit. Mm-hmm. So real motherfuckers online. <laughs> so tell us what y'all think about this conversation with Big Frida mm-hmm. and Slim Thug. It is from um I think College Hill, College Hill um celebrity edition. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, yeah, it is. But you can check it out and tell us what you think. Um hashtag Marsha's play. Trust and believe that's the last thing with pronouns and transgender shit is the last thing I'm gonna be talking about with Slim Thug, baby. We are still I'm gonna be trying honey, to have, honey, I'm gonna be trying to have <laughs> Honey, it's it's no shade, honey. I I want Slim Thug's mouth to be full of a whole bunch of things and conversation naming. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have heard about the doxy pap, honey. I want to talk about the doxy pap with y'all this week, honey. Apparently, we have a new morning after pill, honey. It is doxycycline post exposure prophylactics, and you know, in layman's terms, that basically means we have a STI morning after pill, honey. We have a morning after pill for gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis. Uh, yeah. Um, there are some concerns. This is very new. This advice is just being formally given. There is a lot of doctors and there's a lot of people, you know, who be thotting and bopping, you know, a lot of our proud sex workers. Shout out to the sex workers. We love y'all sex workers, real work. But there's a lot of people who this is not unfamiliar to. A lot of people who are sexually active, sexually open, sex positive have been aware that there are antibiotics that you could take after you feel that you may have been exposed to certain STIs. And the CDC has basically confirmed that doxycycline is a very common antibiotic that a lot of y'all may have been prescribed for acne, may have been prescribed for various infections, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? You might got a little couple extra doxies 
in your cabinet somewhere. Now, well, now, honey, baby, if you decide to want to be out there, you know, having your best life, honey, you know, thotting and bopping, you know, doing what you do, you know, whether you on the grind or whether you on the herd, whether you on the tan, you know, y'all children familiar with all of them don't play in my face, honey. Now, now you have an option. You got a morning after option, honey. But there are some fears and there are some concerns. This is very likely going to slow down the spread of STIs like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. However, depending on how active people are, depending on how weak a person's immune system is, you could potentially build up a tolerance to these common STDs and common STIs. However, depending on you know how how you doing your thing out here in these streets you may be one of the end up being one of the petri dishes for like a super syphilis or a super gonorrhea basically like a form of these stis that are resistant to antibacterial to antibiotic treatments it's it's a possibility it's it's a concern things are still up in the air but you know i i know how we get down you know i'm single out in these streets baby thotting and bopping hip-hopping you know what i'm saying baby bunny rabbit you know out, out here baby and you know i stays on my prep for all of y'all who don't know honey for all of y'all who ain't aware for all of y'all who are interested for all of y'all who like to spread it while let lay it low not a big fan of condoms you know you know you like the skin the skin let's keep it 100 we wouldn't this wouldn't even be a necessary conversation if y'all like condoms Y'all quick to buy a magnum and put it on social media, but y'all ain't quick to put it on your meat. A lot of y'all can't even fit it. That's why people end up with condoms stuck in their vaginal walls and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? What y'all think? What y'all thinking about about Doxy Pat? Do y'all have any comments or or any concerns? And before y'all speak, I want to let y'all know that this is currently being tested by the government on specifically men who have sex with other men and trans women specifically because trans people and men who have sex with men we are the highest population of sti and std infections and it's not just because of our sexual practices it is also because of the silos in which we tend to be sexually active yes Woo. i think that this is a great advancement but um, I also think that um, these, I think these advancements, when not used responsibly, can lead to outbreaks, which is what we see in, um, particularly here in Houston, but all across the United States, in the United States altogether, we particularly see a rise in things. Yeah, we um, HIV is going down when it comes to the transmission because you know it's stopping the transmission. So cases are going down and down and down and down and down as we go. But cases of syphilis have skyrocketed, has been at the highest it has been since the seventies. And so when we and babies being born um, with syphilis because their mom was infected has went up 128% across the country. And so, not, a, yeah, 128. And so we see the, because of this rise, because I think this, these advancement in medication, I think people are being a little bit more frivolous about 
condom use, a little bit more frivolous about um, how they protect themselves because they're like, oh, I can't get the big one that's going to be permanent. I can get the little one and just go get some medicine and it'd be taken care of. The, the, the advancements in medications can lead to the spread of the you know, non-terminal illnesses because people are out here spreading it wide and laying it low. The big one, referring to HIV, AIDS, term, terminal, STD. Um, no, you know, PrEP help, helps to prevent from that, yes. Um, but there are other options for STDs that you can contract that can stay with you for the rest of your life that we have no preventative care against, like herpes. So yeah, yes. you can low, you can spread it wide, you could be on your prep, you can be have your doxy pep in your nightstand, but you can still possibly contract herpes, which there is no cure for. And when I said the big one, I mean, you know, how people think about it, because that is a that's a common thought process of how they yeah. think about those things. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and also, you know, if some of these leads to um, high risk in cancer, like some of some of, the, you know, when you are exposed to some of these STIs, you know, it, it makes you more cancerous. And so this, that is also something that we have to consider as well. So I think um, I think the advancement is a 100 percent in amazing things, but we still it doesn't mean that we can't be we have we, diligent about our health care, diligent about um, um, our practices. We still have to be just as diligent. Agreed. Absolutely. Love everything you said. Um, being sex positive is, is, is a wonderful thing. I think our sex positive movement is continuing to, to flourish um, ever since it began in the 60s. The, this contemporary sex positive movement, is, at least is flourishing. I think it's wonderful. I have over my life and over the development of the sex positive community have become a lot more comfortable with my sexuality. But being a psychologist, I must urge you and I must make you all be aware that in all actuality, promiscuity can be a sign of, of mental health issues. So, so keep that in mind and everybody seek therapy. We all need it, whether we think we, we do or not. Human contact, human, commu human communication is incredible. If you're insured, Seek therapy. Why not? Jay? Um, I think this is great. Um, I think right, they said right now it is not for trans guys for those assigned male, female at birth. So I think there needs clearly they said there needs to be some more research about that. Um but I think, you know, ditto on everything <laughs> y'all said. You know what I mean? Um and uh, hopefully, I guess one day this will be available uh, for folks who are assigned female at birth. I know PrEP just started becoming available, but there's still no real research, which also, to Diamond's point, with this too, right? It's just very little research. There's little research. PrEP, that changed the landscape of, of sex for like particularly like millennials. And those who are a little who are younger than millennials, like their reality around sex is totally different than what we grew up in, which was like HIV, AIDS, condoms. <laughs> like, 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 condom, and but but also there were condoms everywhere. 
You don't see condoms everywhere the way you used to in the LGBT community. You had condoms at the gay bar. You had condoms at Pride. Condoms everywhere. Anything that has something to do with LGBT people, when I was coming up, they had condoms readily available. Readily available in the bathroom, when you first come in, little fish bowls with condoms, every fucking where. You don't see that anywhere. So I do believe that <clears throat> the pharmaceutical companies, you know what I'm saying, you know, they try to make their coin. Uh, I also think it's great that there's going to be some preventative, you know, <laughs> medication for, you know, STIs and HIV. But also, why the fuck have we shifted from a culture where it was just normal for everybody to be talking about condoms and condom usage like that? This, you know, and so when up is down and down is up, some people will be on this new new will be like, well, what are you saying? And blah, 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 blah. No, there was a reality before your current reality. And in that reality, it was normal <laughs> in the LGBT community. And it was like affirmative and empowering to have agency over what's happening with your body. And it was okay and sexy. There were campaigns to make it sexy to use a condom. Like, like we in a whole different situation today. Um, and, I, and I wish there was a healthier balance of that, um, you know, that people, that it becomes normal to, to wear condoms. If you don't want to wear a condom, you don't have to, but like, you know, um, yeah, it's just interesting, that cultural shift. Very interesting, Jay. Um, and to piggyback off of you, a part of my sexuality that I've learned to become more comfortable with over these past few years is is the fact that I'm not a fan of condoms. <laughs> but we did grow up in an era, like you said, where it was promoted that condoms were sexy, that it was promoted um, to abstain. I was one of the people who took the abstinence route. I took the, ab I took the abstinence route until PrEP and PEP and a lot of the preventative HIV cares came along. I'm one of those people that when it comes to penetration, I'd rather have no penetration at all um, if if condoms are, are forced. That's just me personally. Um, yeah, the, the idea of having agency over your body is incredible as well. And that's why I've been a person that's chose to abstain, you know, unless I'm doing some type of preventative care personally. Um, my safe sex for me tends to involve medications and vetting sexual partners honestly or vetting potential sexual partners i think it is trash i naturally made the assumption and i want to correct myself i naturally made the assumption that when they said that these studies were being done currently on men who have sex with other men that trans men were included i assume that and and apparently that's not the case thank you for informing us jay but i think that that is trash that is horrible they need to be recognized as gay men because what the issue is they're being recognized because they're assigned female at birth and if they're not if they're straight in that in that situation they're they're thinking of them as two women two women being together but the ones that are that the ones that are at higher risk are the ones who are gay trans men who are men who like other men and because they are in the space and the sexual in the sexual space to be um m for m <laughs> the sexuality they are um you know they are at that risk and so they're not considering them because they are not considering them men and that is to me 
um, is the problem. Pansexual men, bisexual men, androsexual men, gynosexual men, femsexual men, men who are heteroflexible, whatever you want to consider yourself, even if you want to consider yourself straight, but you know that you still have sex with other people who are in the queer community. Y'all are eligible, honey, for, for these STD, STI rates, and y'all need to be educated. Please educate yourself. Honey, please learn about PrEP. Please learn about DoxyPep because, to be honest, a lot of times the diseases that come into the LGBTQ community are diseases that come from men who don't identify as gay and or queer. They are the overlap that that goes that goes back and forth. <laughs> so you have to, um, honey, y'all need to be out here in these streets getting tested as well, getting tested and being safe and diligent about your health as well. What do y'all think, love? Y'all done heard our opinions about the DoxyPep and the PrEP and the HIV preventative care. Beware, you can still get herpes. Shout out to Usher. What do y'all think about DoxyPep, PrEP, abstinence, condoms use? How do you have safe sex? Let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Play. So there was an article that came out um, recently in the Mission Local, which is a local, local, uh, a Bay Area magazine or newspaper, what have you. Um, and it was interesting because it says in San Francisco, the, the, well, first of all, the headline kind of struck me. It said, um, in San Francisco, queer Mecca, trans folks feel abandoned by services. Which is interesting because, and that's kind of why they use that as the as the line. Now it gets it gets more detail, but um, because San Francisco has a reputation of being a sanctuary, particularly for queer people in the LGBT community, um, it was kind of surprising to see that, um, but also kind of not surprising um, in some ways. Um, now that I live on the West Coast and kind of can t- can see some differences in terms of even though there's like more services but like access to more services is interesting um like what what that looks like anyway so the article basically they're 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 dealing with unequal access to services for the trans community particularly for trans men who use city health services far less often than trans women um and so the department of public health they did a sexual orientation and gender identity report um, and it concluded that LGBT individuals often went underserved despite programs geared towards the queer community across the uh, city. But it showed a disparity in service utilization between trans women and trans men. Although the numbers are roughly equal, trans men in San Francisco are less likely to seek services uh, compared to trans women. Um, and the report shows that trans men access primary and specialized care services as well as city uh, hospitals less frequently. They did a report between 2019 and 2020. Some of the issues that kind of popped out to me in the report um, was like societal expectations was a thing that somebody talked about. Uh, say, oh, you're a man, you must have a tough attitude or, you know, expect that you're going to be rough, um, you know, a lot, you know, because if you're cis-assumed as a black man who's trans, people come at you as the way they come crazy as cis black men with the same, uh, with the same type of assumptions and uh, stereotypes, but there's a big need for reproductive services, mental health, and like housing. 
they kind of highlighted a little bit of what happened with Banco Brown, who was killed by killed on uh, April 27th by a Walgreens security guard, who was, you know, working in the community, but was homeless, right? And like struggled with housing security, but was also active in the community. Honey Mahogany, who co-founded the Transgender District, um, she talked about, you know, services are not a one-size-fits-all. Um, and that's in a part of the issue, and it's linked to historical racism in the community um, overall for the trans community lacking services because the emphasis used to be on, as most people, most places, on white, cisgender, gay men. You know, it hasn't trickled down to trans men yet, <laughs> basically. Um, um, yeah, they said all currently they have four representatives in San Francisco who are in the queer community, and it's all like cis gay white dudes. Um, anyway, so some of the other issues that they kind of highlighted were like reproductive health. We talked about that on the show. Some, they said some of the doctors will tell trans men to take a pill or do PrEP, you know, when PrEP, depending on the PrEP, is not designed because they're not educated to understand that this is not made for side female at birth bodies, right? So then you have to sit there and advocate for yourself with the doctor that's supposed to know stuff about trans people. Um, also talked about mental health challenges, um, which is something I see a lot. I think there's a crisis amongst black trans men around mental health. Um, I know I've lost a lot of brothers uh, to suicide, up too many. Yeah, so they talked about the housing challenges and just folks just like accessing services. Also folks who've been involved in the system kind of transition out and don't have any support. But basically they said, yeah, city services are particularly challenging to access for black uh, masculine presenting trans or inter, uh, intersex individuals who are often underrepresented and struggle with limited support. And Mahogany, she pointed out the lack of funding, you know, for programs to be stretched in. Uh, but they emphasize that non-trans individuals also need to like, you know, support us around getting funding uh, and supporting um, us as we fight these economic disparities. And yeah, it was interesting to see like with the primary care and the specialty care and just all these stats where it's like, um, such a smaller number um, the trans guys accessing care. Like, it, there's a very clear disparity um, in terms of the folks accessing the services. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, so I want to get your thoughts in general um, on, like, the study, um, but also just, like, obviously we need to uh, hold people, the whites and others, accountable to be like, give us the coin. <laughs> right but uh yeah the biggest things that popped out outside of just the general access to the healthcare and stuff and the services in the city were those things but also just like reproductive health the stuff around like you know mental and emotional health dealing with like the police you know there's a trans man that was killed i think last week by the police in california because he flipped or not killed i'm sorry he was attacked and beaten you know, he flipped off the cop and then the cop, you know, and then whooped his ass, you know. Um, and so those are trans issues. Right. But we don't talk about them as their trans issues. Um, so, yeah. What are your what are your thoughts on on the article? And just like maybe within the for us, redefining what are like trans issues. This is a special case of piss me the fuck off, Jay, honey. I be making this point over and over again that, you know, I had personal experience because. 
trans men don't tend to just be my brothers. They they tend to be my partners. They they tend to be my lovers. And I get so extra pissed off with the neglect of trans men overall. Because that's the biggest issue that I'm learning now, especially that I met you, Jay, now that I met you. The biggest issue that I'm learning is is neglect. It's fucking neglect. It picks it pisses me to fuck off. It pisses me to fuck off that the Banco Brown shooting didn't get half of the attention that the George Floyd, you know, um, that the George Floyd murder got. It pisses me off. It pisses me off. And and I feel, of course, that this conversation hasn't been had as far as Banco Brown is because the person who shot him was a black man. Let's keep it 100. That black cisgender man had no reason to kill that child, period. The security guard excuse for shooting this child was, was that he had a knife or that mm. he pulled out a knife. Yes, he was actually unarmed. He didn't have any weapons. I feel like justice wasn't served, honey. Trans man, a black man's life was taken. And the person over, who life, over him being hungry. Over him At being Walgreens. hungry and At stealing Walgreens. food from, from Walgreens, allegedly. The the math don't math for me. You know, the person who took this child's life got a fifteen hundred dollar fine. It just the 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 neglect of trans men overall concerns me. If I've learned anything in this conversation, if the listeners have learned anything in this conversation, I hope that y'all have heard with every story there has been a neglect of transgender men and trans masculine identifying people. And I want y'all to please remember that trans men come in black as well. Trans masculine non-binary people come in black as well. The fact that he was active in the community and like worked for organizations and all of that and was still housing insecure on that level pisses me off actually like how the fuck you this active and people know your housing is insecure they know you don't got no place to go they know you sleeping on the street but you at the rally you working you doing all the social justice shit you putting the community first you know this child was still disposable you know what i'm saying um anyway um like many black trans people who are especially who are young um but it pisses me off yeah i think that there is a thing that we're experiencing currently right now um first of all this is uh this is very very common but we have been we have been riding a wave since um i like to say since black lives matter but definitely since george floyd um Prior to Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement reaching its like peak and its rise in like um, 2015, that kind of that kind of white awakening to our to our struggle, um, a new peak in civil rights. Prior to that, a lot of nonprofits was kind of the money was thin, like they were. There was a lot of underfunded um, programming that didn't have enough money to help as many people as they could be able to help. That's always kind of like the narrative when it comes to fundings, particularly around our shit. Something happened during the Black Lives Matter movement uprising and during the George Floyd uprising that everybody was like, oh my God, I'm awake, I'm woke. I am, and, and I'm not saying woke to disparage wokeness. Your ass need to be fucking woke. Um, 
I'm woke and I need to, and I see things. So now I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to give my money. I'm going to donate. I'm going to, you know, do all I need to do to throw money at these organizations. It was like a surge of money that was through at many organizations. So they was like, oh my God, we have this coin. And I'm talking about responsible ones. I'm not talking about even the one the irresponsible ones there's some irresponsible ones hold on diamond because let's be let's be, you you hit that you got it i think it's important to note that because there was a cash grab too yes that happened during that time that, that was not helpful uh, no yes there it, there are some irresponsible ones as cab grab people trying to hustle because you can't avoid that it's hustle there's scammers it's hustle that are that but let's just talk about the responsible ones right now because what happened was you get this money and then you're like, oh, okay, I have enough money to create this program that I have now, okay? This is amazing because I'm a leader. I, I, have, I, I have these strategies and boom, these can work. So they implement these programs and then bam, the money is now drying up after COVID, after da 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 da, people are burnt out with giving. Oh, that that you know they're being, you know what what Jay loved to say. The bots is coming after them and stopping them from getting from being inspired. And so they started these programs that were super super effective. But then now programs are closing because they don't have the funding anymore. Not because they were scamming and used it for something else, but because okay. We serve people that we could serve, but now we're running out of money. And there was not a sustainability plan for people who um, for people who had these amazing strategic ideas. They had tons of impact in the years it was. I, I, and as a leader of an organization, I can tell you that this is something that I experienced firsthand. When it was, when, it, when the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, and even in COVID, we were able to give so many people places to live. We were paying people first and last month's rent and we would put getting people off the street. We were um we were um keeping people's phones on by giving many grants. We were we were doing so yeah. much, but it got it got to the point where okay, we're running out of funds. We don't have any funds now or we have a little bit of funds. And so now now it's getting kind of down, dwindling down. So but nobody is stepping up saying, "Oh, we want to we want to make this a sustainable thing. We want to make, they're just giving you a lump sum when they're, they're in their emotional highs of, ooh, somebody died. I remember for about four years when Black Trans Women's Inc. would get money, it would only be when a trans woman died. Malaysia Booker died. Mm -hmm. when, when, um, when, when trans women were murdered, that is when we saw a spike in donations. And yes, we were able to use that to get people housing and blah, 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 blah. But it was disheartening to me that when nobody is dead, you're not trusting our leadership. When you don't have the emotional thing to, oh my God, they're getting murdered out here. Let me give, let me give 5,000, let me give 10,000, blah, 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 blah. When you don't have that, you don't feel like we need that. You don't. You need that kind of our death in order to care about us, in order to see our humanity. I just, I just didn't understand it. And so, what I'm seeing now is that big, big um, surge of money is going away, and these programs are not being sustained. And so, we are seeing the the results of it now. 
it was a lot of one-off. It wasn't a long-term investment to build leadership, to help people build the organization. Like you said, it's like, here's some money, something tragic happened, oh, here's some money, da 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 COVID. But that wasn't money for it to build, sustain, build an institution, to build the long-term development, to do the leadership development, and not just give money, like you said, off your emotion versus giving the money because you believe in our community and you believe in our empowerment and you believe in our liberation, right? Because that's sustain that's gonna be sustainable giving. You know what I mean? Yes. But um but also I think before and after that, to your point, you know, trans men, black trans men are not sexy. We look too quote normal we look too quote regular we look like we cis we look you know what i'm saying for a lot of people and that's one of the and that's one of the reasons of that erasure right because like you said somebody died here's some money right and so that ain't happening over here to say even though even though people dying by suicide left and right who are black trans men left and right left and right it's a crisis right but it's not a crisis, you know? And so, you know, yeah, money, sure. But be, because there's not, in my opinion, there's the lack of visibility to even know what the fuck our issues are in the first fucking place, right? <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Right? What? Let's just start there, right? Like, nobody's like, what are your issues, black trans men? Ain't nobody asking that question. Outside of maybe a couple, you know, focus groups every once in a while, but ain't nobody really trying to invest to find out what are the issues, right? No one's like, red alert, red alert, niggas dying by suicide left and right. Ain't no red alert. And some of that is what we were talking about earlier a little bit about the conditioning and why people don't think shit's wrong with black women, right? <laughs> people you know, at work who've been conditioned and trained to be like, shit's okay. Right for the face value, unless maybe we talk a little bit more, and I'll give you some more details. Well, if we know that, and let's develop some programs where we take a little bit more time to find out what the fuck is going on. Do you think that's a big part of it? The fact that so many black trans men are just assumed, right, and can navigate the world as such that people just don't think that we're dealing with shit. I mean, I I agree with that part. What what I know you was fucking lying about was trans was trans men being sexy. Now that's a motherfucking lie. Honey, <laughs> if trans men ain't nothing, y'all are incredibly pleasing to the eye. Y'all are and we're not, we're not sexy to the to these people with money that want to give to something so sensational. We're not now, sensational enough. It's not sexy to the whole um heartbreaking um it's not trans the, the idea of trans men on average because y'all tend to pass so well, because y'all tend to be cis assuming. Um, it's it's not sexy to that whole agenda that trans people are weirdos, are freaks, um, are people that you need to feel sorry for. Based right, on our life is only tragedy. Right, based right. based on right. on the way on the way that we look. Sadly, on average, the the story in the life of a trans man does tend to be pretty tragic, and I I think that that that's a part of it. Even me, I have to admit, I've been one who's been blind to the struggle of the trans men just because y'all are so aesthetically pleasing, tend to be so cis passing that I've honestly naturally assumed. Well, thank you. (laughs) But I've I've honestly been one of those people who have assumed that that the struggle wasn't there because of appearance. 
because of aesthetics, because of the fact that y'all don't tend to just pass well physically, but also socially. You know, a lot of trans men get their cisgender wife and they have their 2.5 kids and they live in their suburbs and they make at least 80,000 a year. You know what I mean? That there are a lot of guys who who live that who live that life. But then and also in reality, there are a lot of guys who live that struggle of being transgender. I can see how part of the neglect can can come from the outside perception you know especially a lot of people who are only trans online or who only have access to trans people via social media a lot of times you know we look at the life of a trans man from an ocular perspective and it seems very pretty it seems very desirable mm. i don't know i you know i i, I don't like beating a dead horse so I'm not gonna beat it again, but y'all know how I think I'm in community with a lot of trans men. And I think there's a um a kind of weird kind of misogyny or weird kind of transphobia that kind of not spice like them because they are not a kind of sensationalized M to F. Uh, and you know, just a hyper focus on women and the negativity that comes with being a woman as a trans woman, the misogyny of the world, I think um, it it keeps them under the radar i think there's a level outside of trans men that um of why they are silenced and, and the disparities but there's also a level inside um there is a there is a a, a voluntary silence a voluntary um well i don't want to say voluntary it's uh, uh jay talks about this all the time where it's not necessarily all of the voluntary it's just a, a safety thing but um I'm I'm talking about ones that I know that are public. Like it's they're not hiding, they're not stuff. I get the stealth ones, but there's some that are not stealth that do that don't intentionally don't participate because they just want to feel like um, I'm a cis guy in society, and that's okay. But I think there is a there is there is a segment that they they just don't care because there is a privilege that comes with moving into being a man, um, and um, I okay. see it. Well, hold on now. Mm -hmm. Hold on now. So a trans man who was like, I'm a trans man as a kid. I'm a boy. Okay? I'm mm -hmm. gonna, I want to live a life as a man and then grows up and has an opportunity to take the testosterone. For some people, outside of safety, it's not just about the privilege. It's because that is affirming to them and their transness. And so like, and that's not just that. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's trans women, who are like still too? You know what I mean? That's not you know that's not everybody, and and that's okay because for them that's 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 what is affirming for them. I think the trans community is very similar. A lot of the breakdown within the community is similar to cis people. The majority of people ain't gonna be you no know, active. Majority of people don't care about <laughs> some of this shit. Majority, you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a segment of population that's gonna be active. Also, I think it's it's regional too, Diamond. It's like depending on where you live. I live in the Midwest. What it looks like out here in Seattle is very different. The dynamics are different um, within the community. Obviously, the money is different. I think the South is very different. I know the South is very, very, very different than what it's like in the Midwest and what it's like on the West Coast or in the East Coast. So it's like you know. You know, and I I got my own experiences with folks from different parts of the country, but like, you know, I think there's a lot of different 
no matter where you're at though the issue is still the same even if you don't have these other problematic dynamics or even if you don't have a place where you know what i'm saying like no matter where you're at folks are still being underserved no matter where you're at folks are still having high risk of suicide no matter where you're at like so, these disparities are there and no matter where you're at i do think to a certain degree the fact that folks um also because people think transitioning is i look different that too that's a big part of the issue in my opinion as well when it comes to cis people oh you now look like a man so you're done no because over here i i got cervical shit ovary shit reproductive shit so even though i look like this now i look like this but i still got to have all these interactions with, about my reproductive health because i'm a signed female liver. That's I still got to worry about getting pregnant if I'm on testosterone, even if I'm on testosterone. I still got to worry about all these other things that, you know, now, okay, I look like a dude, okay, and uh, I live with my girlfriend, but I don't really go nowhere because I'm scared because I know plenty of guys who've gotten, gotten beat up in the men's room. I worry about trans men because of the lack of visibility, right, and because of we're not creating spaces for those conversations as frequently that folks will be pushed into this box around cishet normativity bullshit around being quiet and not talking about your it kind of it kind of to me it kind of it kind of um perpetuates that and i've had to challenge other guys around that you know because i come out of a you know black woman feminist womanist situation so i'm coming to the table i challenge the shit i you know people know they know you come to me talking about bitch hole, da, da, da. I'm like okay let's talk about that <laughs> like people know i don't i don't put up with the misogyny i don't put up with any of that shit. and a, a part of that also means challenging guys and they'll tell you when folks are like I, i'm good let's talk about that what does that mean or i don't want the shit to be kind of like you know i don't want to talk about girls because people disrespect me okay so you don't want to talk about the shit you enjoy from your past because other people weaponize it well let's talk about that right because you you did like playing double dutch right but you did like, you know, whatever the fuck, right? But there's not enough resources to create those type of spaces for those conversations. When those conversations happen, it's, it just, it's, you know what I mean? It's a whole different conversation. And so it's like, I worry about like, because there's not a lot of spaces that it pushes people into these boxes because it's safer, because there's not a lot of spaces to have those conversations that are uh, in a controlled environment and intentional like that's but the kind even of, that's the support but even and, that and, is a and, privilege uh, even i think the i think my my issue not not issue it's not an issue i get everything you're saying i think but even that is a privilege like if you can be pushed in a box that makes you safer then even that is a privilege because sometimes people's being pushed in a box doesn't make them safe oh yeah oh yeah um, no i mean and i think reconciling yeah. reconciling the privilege that comes with being a man we cannot talk about patriarchy and 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 not talk about and and we can't acknowledge patriarchy and then say going into being a man doesn't come with its privileges i, I you, you just that that, that just that just for me Ab doesn't matter absolutely but i just it's important to understand which makes the experience of trans men very different yes than trans women is that our privilege is situational it ebbs and flows most yes. trans guys are under five foot five one five two so while i might look fine when i'm in this space with you when i go somewhere else i'm clearly a trans man okay in the same day if i go to these certain places i'm gonna be cool 
I know that. So it, it, but I don't think that that's exclusive to trans men, though. All of our privileges and disparities are situational. Uh, I don't like me. I don't know when my colorism privilege is kicking in, and and I don't know when my trans. Uh, disparity is kicking in. I don't know when all the privileges that could come or all disparities that could come. I don't know when blackness is a privilege, when blackness is not a privilege. I don't know. I don't know. It's all situational. That's not exclusive to trans men. We all experience that. But I think you said something earlier about like, you know, it's like underneath, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's all these, these challenges are ones that, that's what I'm saying. It's a different framework. So a nigga can have all these fucking privileges and also have all these disparities and also yes. have to deal with transphobia that looks very fucking different. And so like it doesn't cancel each other out just no. because somebody's walking around as a black trans man with privilege. And then I told you I go to the damn bar and somebody will fill my coochie because they want to check out whether or not I'm a man. Or mm-hmm. I've been in situations where guys, I'm wearing some tight jeans with some tight short cut off shorts and I don't wear a packer because I don't give a fuck. Right. And now they want to hang out. Some little thuggish guys, right? Cause they want to see what the fuck is up. Now they're not saying that I got to pick up on it, but I can pick up on it because I'm assigned female at birth and had to navigate, regardless how I identify it or not, being perceived the world as a black girl and a black woman, where every other motherfucker probably been sexually assaulted and a rape, which plays a role in how you look at the world and navigate it around your state because that is violence. That's a high exposure to sexual violence. That's violence, right? That's a high ass exposure of violence if it's one out of every two. Or one out of every three, or one out of every four, when you get well, once you cross eighteen, because everybody knows somebody has been raped, precious other got kids, did it, all that. So like all of that plays a role when you're talking about disproportionately poor black people <laughs> who have a higher rate of exposure to the bullshit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like all of that. You know, so what all I'm saying is that's a different framework. These are different things to take in consideration. And if we try to put it in a framework in LGBT ink way or the way that we typically talk about trans issues, it's not going to work because we have to be okay with the fact that over here, this is there are things that overlap, but also we got to be okay with a different framework because we are talking about people that got this privilege and also got this and also got that. And, and what does that mean? There hasn't been time to really, I feel like as a community to say, let's look at what this means and have those conversations, right? Because it's either this, I got this privilege over here or that we suffering, y'all don't give a fuck, right? When it's like, no, motherfucker, it's, it's all these things. It's all of these things. And not every trans person is on testosterone. Not every trans man takes testosterone. Not every trans man stay on testosterone, even if they are seen in the world as somebody with a beard, mustache, and all that kind of shit, and they still get in the period. And they gotta pay the pink tax when they go to the store to go buy tampons and or pads, right? And I gotta go to the gynecologist, right? So when I go to go get my pap smear, because I'm a trans man, I still gotta get a pap smear. Otherwise, I'm running a higher risk for cancer because I ain't checking. And I encourage guys to do that and gotta have those conversations with them, right? I'm still dealing with transphobia. I have to just because I'm in this fucking body that's assigned male, female at birth. So the contradiction of I look cis assumed and I still got to deal with this assigned female at birth shit means I'm still dealing with some shit. With, you know, that's crazy, right? But, but you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, I guess, yeah. I guess for me, it's the same thing, the issue that I have with cis men. 
it is as a black woman it's not that i don't understand your gripe or i don't understand your disparities it is what i always see i don't see black men cis or trans since we're i'm comparing the two i don't see y'all holding yourselves accountable for what you can do to help your own community in the same way that trans women are doing i see trans women out here really even despite disparities i Mm -hmm. with making something out of nothing just like the cis women counterparts making something out of nothing really keeping the tempo really trying to just make shit work for our community cis and man and woman really doing that i don't see in this i feel like it's a reflection in cis men and trans women trans men that y'all don't there is a portion of y'all that don't give a fuck that just go into your manhood and just be there and don't i want to play i want to play devil's advocate because i'm still learning both of you all seem both not seen I'm still learning, so I want to play devil's advocate. Hold on, hold on. let me just throw something out there too. I had to learn how to provide services for those black trans men. You get what I'm saying? And so that meant I had to reach out to them differently. I had to do the outreach differently. I had to ask questions. And then I learned that a lot of black trans men were third shift and da, 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 da. I had to take all those, but I had to ask those questions and I had to be engaged with folks in the first place to know that I had to adjust the strategy of engaging the community. You get what I'm saying? And there's people doing stuff. I get I get what both of y'all are saying. I'm still learning. So I want to play devil's advocate because both of y'all clearly have more experience than me, right? I want to play devil's advocate be, to your point, LJ, because you know, you were making points about getting clogged or being recognizably trans or being trans assuming, right? Even as a trans man who appears to pass in the LGBTQ spaces, you feel like sometimes you don't pass or there are experiences of trans men who don't pass in straight spaces who pass in queer spaces right i want to play devil's advocate maybe it's possible that that you are getting clocked yes but maybe it's possible that you are not getting clocked as trans maybe it's possible that in a lot of those cases and i have these conversations with other trans men that i know maybe in a lot of these cases you are being clocked as a feminine man you're being clocked as a queer man you're being you're being clocked as somebody who is non-threatening because you know i i tend to be the same height as my average trans bro i'm the same height as the average trans guy right to, to keep it 100 i'm i'm average height for somebody assigned female at birth right before i transitioned um before i started passing as a woman in public i was seen as a feminine man i was seen as a queer man i was seen as a non-threatening man so i definitely give that get that so i just want trans men to keep that in mind even though you're getting clocked you may not be getting clocked as being trans you may be being clocked as, as being something other than straight and devil's advocate to um to Diamond's point as well. Diamond, I will say this, um, the average stealth trans people exist on both sides of the spectrum. Trans man, trans woman. I I know plenty of people who are stealth, baby. You know, I tried living that life for a short period of time. I think I was mildly successful. Anyway, the average stealth trans person um, who I know, who I've met, who I've come across, the average stealth trans person who I know through social media, a lot of the stealth trans girls stopped following me when I became publicly trans, when I when I became visibly trans and started doing activism online. A lot of stealth trans men 
however, started to follow me. I, I wonder if you go back to what I said, I was not talking about stealth. I, I mentioned them a little bit, but I'm talking about the ones that are open. The ones that are open, I'm talking, there are trans men out here that is living on the lap of luxury of being a man, working in warehouse jobs with their cisgender girlfriend supporting them, in the house with them, living a typical, well, I don't want to say typical, but living the life of a regular, regular dude with a wife, with a woman. And I see that all the time. All the it's a, time. It's a lot of guys in really unhealthy relationships, though, Diamond. That's the thing. It's not like it's not like the majority of these people, the majority of folks are in healthy relationships. No. A lot of the guys are in really fucked up, unhealthy relationships where they're perpetuating really fucked up, unhealthy relationships that cisgender people do. And that's a problem. And so that's a part of the conversations that we have when I was doing that work, because that's a problem. You're not OK. You're not OK if you're perpetuating cisgender, heterosexual, normative bullshit, because that's what you know and that's what you've seen and that's what feels normal to you. It's still a problem and it's not. Healthy. It's not, I'm not going to celebrate black trans men being in a whole bunch of unhealthy ass, fucked up relationships that are abusive and. Toxic well, I don't know. I don't know that. That's that's what I I see. What I'm saying. That's what a lot of what I see. What I see. My, my other people might say, "Oh, you look stable. You got a girl." Yeah, but it's toxic as fuck, right? Or people are in abusive relationships and getting their ass whooped, or they're in abusive relationships and they're being sexually assaulted and raped. That's what I see because I'm doing that just like a lot of uh, people do in general, particularly since women who are black. Some of it is just like stability, but it ain't healthy. So even though I got this stability, right, quote unquote, and I got this job, I know guys who are like, I work 27 million hours and I, that's all I do is go to work because that's what I think cisgender, like that ain't healthy, Negro, no. No, no, stop, no, because you need to have a work-life balance. You don't need to perpetuate misogyny and patriarchy and this heteronormative bullshit that ain't healthy for nobody. You get what I'm saying? And then a guy, when, when dudes do that, sometimes they find themselves in a situation because if you're with this straight woman who is cisgender, who used to playing with Negroes and niggas, and here you come and you ain't used to all the dynamic and they call the police, Mm -hmm. And then you got to go to jail because automatically you go to jail. Right. And then you find yourself in situations. You get what I'm saying? So like it's a whole. Yeah. 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 There's plenty of people in, that's couple. Yeah. I see that all the time. I see plenty of guys that go from woman to woman to woman to woman to woman to woman to a place to live. That's not healthy. I'm not OK with that. I don't accept that as trans men are doing black trans men are doing well. No, black trans men are not doing well. <laughs> if that's the, a good chunk, right, of the type of relationships folks are in, that is not okay. That is not acceptable. We can't look at that and say that's success. That is not success. That is a Negro having a place to lay their head in a toxic relationship, period. You know what I'm saying? So, like, let's dispel the myths. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, you, that's, yeah, we see, I see that too, Donna, but the majority of it ain't healthy. But I don't so know. I can only I go by are. what I see. I'm and just, if you saying this, I know, you, I know. And I'm saying, I'm saying. If they saying it, I'm it, telling it, you what I what I see and observe as well. Now people might yeah. think it's cool, but when you're perpetuating the bullshit, it's not cool. Do you get know what I'm saying? 
So it's not healthy if you are also perpetuating. So you're saying that most trans men in these relationships are not in healthy relationships. What I'm saying is a good chunk. I ain't gonna say most, but I'm gonna say a good chunk. Well, then that makes a difference. I can hop in on this, baby. I, I literally have a published study on this. Trans people in general are in unhealthy relationships. Trans masculine people right, tend, to more, tend to more commonly be in long-term relationships, tend to more commonly be in quote-unquote stable relationships in the term of longevity and timelines and timeline. But overall, trans people are in unhealthy relationships. Trans people are in abusive relationships. Yes, absolutely, 100% proven scientific i mean i i there's so many like nonsensical things that i know that many of my brothers have gone through or experienced or put up with nonsensical right but it's quote stable but neither one of us is going nowhere but and then we go why is there such a high incident of suicide amongst black trans men left and fucking right well a part of that is because niggas are in unhealthy ass toxic ass relationships and a part of that is because motherfuckers are isolated in their quote stealthness and right so the crisis over here for black trans men is around mental and emotional health and so just because quote unquote things look stable don't mean shit is stable because if that was the case we wouldn't see such a high incident of suicide period like folks are dying all the time by suicide right and so that's what i'm saying so how do so you know what i'm saying so the work for me is you know we gotta address this mental and emotional shit um when it comes to black trans men and not look at that facade you know and really get to we gotta we gotta get to folks because we losing folks anyway let us know what y'all think um you know do you think that uh you know since assume trans guys kind of skew people's perceptions of the needs of the community um, what do you think about the study? Um, what's going on in your community? You feel like it's a similar thing or is it different? Um, let us know. Hashtag Marcia's play. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the So, what is bringing y'all euphoria this week? What is making y'all super happy? What is making, what is just making y'all weak? What has been the highlight of y'all day, week, whatever? (laughs) Hey, B, I'll go first, I'll go first, I'll go first. It's the visas. Honey, do y'all watch the visas? Do y'all watch the visas? They come on television. Honey, we always seeing these snippets. Wait, what is it called? The visas, a.k.a. 90 Day Fiance. Honey, people trying to get a, a green oh, card. 90 visa. Day Fiance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now visas. Wait, wait. <laughs> I was saying, what the hell is the visa? Wait, wait, wait. Do you watch it 90 Day and 90 Day the other way, too? 90 day fiance, not 90 day fiance, 90 day the other other way, 90 day before the 90 days, 90 day UK, honey. Um, I wish I spoke Espanola better because I would be watching 90 day Mexico, but it is overall 10 90 K 90 day international visas, honey. 
all over the country, all over the world, baby. It, I don't know what the hell is wrong with these people. Um, as far as psychopathy, um, you know, baby, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why it's necessary for people to feel that they need to go cross west bumfuck to find a partner but i love it it is perfectly it is perfect reality tv baby it don't take much to scam an american for a green card apparently i love it i love to see it honey baby if you trying to migrate to the united states honey baby you don't even need your 10k i know your family told you that you had to pay an american ten thousand dollars to marry you no apparently all you have to do is have social media and have access to Wi-Fi and it is so many gullible Americans out here that will give you their whole paycheck honey and move you to America and get you a green card and put you on television baby I love me and I <laughs> I tried to run from her I ran from her for a while honey I ended up watching one motherfucking episode over the weekend honey watch one all it took was one episode honey and now I'm back in it to win it <laughs> now you down the rabbit hole <laughs> girl girl i'm i think that i'm digging the hole no shade at this point if i watch any more 90 day fiance i think i'm gonna have to start recording it so i can make content off of it so i can make some money <laughs> listen 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 if you want to go down the 90 day fiance uh uh, uh rabbit hole shout out to jaden xd podcast they do so they do the reviews check them out on youtube that? That's how I even know, about. I don't watch it though. Who is, who is that? <laughs> who is that, Jay? Uh, Jade and XD podcast. Jade and XD is the name of the podcast. But they do they go into ninety day fiance rabbit holes. So I think you would. <laughs> I learned about the Ethiopia, the white girl that moved to Ethiopia. I saw a little bit of that. Yeah, that was a lot. Anyway, so <laughs> my euphoria is I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID anymore. Oh. I had. COVID again, not no more. I don't got COVID no more. I don't got COVID no more. Uh, and I'm grateful as fuck. Come on, luxury. So yeah, um, I don't have COVID. That's my euphoria. I had COVID. It fucked me up. Y'all, I was down. I crossed that threshold of 40. The body, you know, acts a little different. Take a little more time to bounce back. I kept just testing positive. I was so pissed. Like I test, like it kept getting faint and more faint. And more, but when I took that shit the first couple days, that shit before that test line even came back, that that control line came back, that shit was like COVID. <laughs> like the control line didn't even come up. That shit was a bright ass red line on that test line. Said you, you sir, you my friend, you have COVID. So don't you let your ass down. So I'm celebrating that I no longer have COVID and I can be in the world again. It was definitely a lot to just like not go anywhere for like a week you know um it's pretty intense like i forgot what that felt like to kind of be stuck like that um but yeah i got covid hey yeah. that's my euphoria what about you right. diamond what's your euphoria my euphoria is i watched this amazing amazing entertaining educational documentary called crip camp and it is uh it's called crip camp the disability revolution and it is a documentary that kind of documents this camp that they did years ago decades ago for the first time where they brought 
um, people to, I think it's the Catskills in New York. Um, they brought people to this camp for the first time, people with disabilities, all ranges of disabilities, whether it be physical disabilities, um, cognitive disabilities, um, just so, just all range of it, you know, some extreme, some not as extreme, but they went there and this is the first time that this had happened. And they just really, really engage and they, and they recorded it. And they show you, show you them engaging. And the, because of that camp, they build a community with each other. And that led to some of them becoming activists. And that led to them creating lifelong bonds and um and their activist movement led to the disabilities the american no what is it what's the disabilities act the, they, american with disabilities act yes the american disabilities Actual act Olympic. and no, no no not the olympics the the act that protect disabilities in america I like the whole class, yeah. big old thing for making it a protected class so this one amazing trip at this camp led to all the things that we see when we see um you know all the disability protections when we see um buildings that have accessibility that if you are a federally funded um building you have to have access to for disabled yeah. people all these changes that we take for granted now this one camp is the camp that created the community and the friendship and the bonds that led to that and it is amazing it is so deep it is so, um, I just feel like it's some of these people we should know, it's just so unsung. And so, yeah, Crip Camp is something that this week has given me um, euphoria. Where, it just was so powerful. And you can watch it on Netflix. Interesting, interesting um, point. Uh, both, of our, both of our joyful, joyful things, the things that have been bringing us joy this past week, on 90 day on the visas alina girl from russia little person um that deals with disabilities due to her specific dwarfism right um being in those other countries seeing how she attempts to navigate those other countries in her wheelchair is it's crazy um if you're not disabled if if you are a handy capable person is is that the language that's used now if you able able body if you are if you are able bodied person um the things that we take for granted is incredible some folks who do disability justice work are okay with using the term able body and some aren't um but some people yeah it, it, it is a mixed bag but just want to make that note we are not a monolith in all the demogra demographics that we are in there is no monolith okay <laughs> And okay. I mean no offense. I mean no offense. Yeah. Um, all of those who deal mm -hmm. with var various disabilities and um, all of those who don't, I'm, I mean no harm. Yes. And so if you want to learn about the history and, you know, the dis disability revolution, make sure y'all watch that. It is called Crip Camp. It is so amazing. It is so deep. It, it it's just it's just so thorough it's just so good so check it out and that's what's been bringing me euphoria this week let us know what mm -hmm. is bringing y'all euphoria hashtag mm -hmm. marcia's plate and i think we are done y'all yeah. hey. all right y'all we'll see y'all next week bye <laughs> good morning, good morning. Uh, peace y'all hashtag marcia's plate 
Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Baby, it's going to be all right. Baby, it's going to be all right.